How's it been working with Robert Jones? I imagine you're the envy of all your girlfriends. Robert has been wonderful. He's given me a lot of advice and, well, obviously he has a lot of experience. Marissa is just a natural, you know? We're just trying to keep up. I think I've realized there's more of me in the character, or perhaps there's more of the character in me. I think as a young woman, you are expected to behave in a certain way, and there are cinematic types that are actually quite freeing. And here, the most powerful character, the freest character, is mine. Hmm. It's liberating to wield that kind of power. I understand there are quite heavy love scenes in this picture. Is that something you find uncomfortable? Well, I think those scenes are there for a reason. You know, it's a part of the plot that feels important. It's not gratuitous. I think the way I enjoy them. I think more people should try it, take their clothes off on camera. <laughs> How about you, Sophia? Oh, well, I'm a good Catholic girl. Making a movie is about capturing the light that bounces off your skin and, and recording it on film and then releasing it to the audience in the theaters. Mm. When you're sat in the theater, the light that hits your eye, it's part of this chemical chain that reaches back to and touches my skin. I think in that way, if we'd make movies that show more of the body, it could be a powerful magic. Welcome to part two of the year-end Furidashi special, in which we do nothing that all of the other podcasts and you know blogs and whatnot are going to be doing. We're just going to kind of do the same thing we always do, but with with year-end <laughs> in in the title. Um, this is interesting because we're recording this first, but we're going to put it out second. So. Hopefully, in the uh, episode that you listened to two weeks ago, we would have had a thrilling discussion about sort of um, trends in the industry, the games industry over the past year. Uh, Lauren, hopefully, will have uh, enlightened us all into sort of the ways in which like the, the industry has evolved and all sorts of fun goodies. But for today's episode, we want to look at a game that... so. Lauren, would you agree that we kind of eschew the idea of like a Furidashi game of the year? I don't really think that's a that's a helpful like moniker. Yeah. So this has been what the second full time year of us doing this, and yeah. both times we really haven't done game of the year, and we do that yeah. largely in part, I think, one because of Nicholas's like begrudgingness against every industry trend of game yes. of the year, yep. and Lauren's <laughs> developer like. What is a game of the year, but like calling out a game that a lot of people liked, which will then tend to trend towards a AAA mass market title, yeah. which I just don't really appreciate. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, that's just what we see in our industry. So instead of doing a game of the year, uh, Nicholas and I wanted to talk about a title that we kind of have, you know, everyone's kind of been talking about, not everyone has played, is actually doing something more like unique. And yeah. so maybe this would be like our year end, which title right for the year did yeah. something in such an interesting or innovative way that we yeah. were like, we need to call this out as changing what we think of as games. Exactly. Right? At yeah. least that's that's why I chose this title. 
Well, and also we spent the we spent this year spending a lot of time on like mechanics and systems and sort of integrations between systems and like how to like think about narrative itself as a system. And so this is a really so the game is Immortality from Half Mermaid. Um, and this is a game that really in many ways sort of encapsulates what we're talking about with regard to the way in which to sort of like rethink narrative systems in like both a mechanical sense, in a storytelling sense, really in all the ways in which you can possibly do it. And so and for, for us, yeah, so good. For, yeah, and for all our neurodivergent listeners out there who think they heard the title but want to be sure, the title we're going to be talking about today is Immortality. It's a game <laughs> by Sam Barlow at Half Mermaid. And... Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> oh yeah, so, um, <laughs> so if you do decide to go to play this game, um, actually do pay attention to the content warnings. Um, they're serious. They're not to don't just blow them off. It's not like you know when say like a first person shooter gets an M rating and that just means there's a lot of violence. Like this game is fucked in many ways, <laughs> and just bear that in mind that it is going to be an experience that you have to sort of prepare yourself for because it will mess with you. I think that's a good thing, but be aware. And it is definitely something that every listener here today, when you go play an Immortality after you hear our riveting discussion, like please remember that content warnings do exist for a reason. They are not for any snowflakes, or yeah. if you're still using that terminology, the year of our Lord, 2022 or 2023, <laughs> depending on when you listen to this episode. Um, and I just wanted to like reiterate that because it truly is something that was and then now I'm gonna hopefully I don't get any streamers in trouble, but it definitely completely just made YouTube's like streaming laws like <laughs> for for nudity completely effusicated. It just got around it because like you're not watching a movie, you're like playing a game, and the game it's might have game. nudity, but yeah. like the game isn't a game within a game. So very interesting. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to restate the title for our listeners here today. And Nicholas, you can continue kind of introing into, you know, the reasons why we really liked this title, yeah. what it really did differently, how it like executed on that, because I think other titles and other people, right, have probably tried to execute on like similar mechanics to this. Yeah. And then we'll get into the minor spoilers as well, because I actually want to talk about a very specific achievement that I got within the first 15 minutes of play. Yeah. And I feel like the title of the achievement itself kind of gave away the story. And I don't actually know enough about oh, it. I think, I think I know which one you're, you're talking to, about. Right I, I don't think you know. what. I maybe, might, maybe, maybe you maybe do. We might. So we're going to get okay. into that at the end. So, because, first of all, so, yeah, so we'll spoiler that. Some, some background. Like There actually are a number of aspects of this game that are not terribly innovative. If you're familiar with other games that Sam Barlow has worked on. Um, so after he left a AAA studio, the very first game that he produced was focused on video and film and the way in which you can do interesting things <clears throat> with video in a game. And that was her story. Um, he produced another game called Telling Lies that was similarly used clips, but had different under. In fact, all of his games have underlying different narrative mechanics. And this is what I think is really important because for example, uh, her story uses structures the clips as a form of research that you have to do. In other words, you're given a database, you have to search that database, you sort of remark upon things that are said in one clip, and then you do searches based on other clips. That's not how immortality works at all. So even though there is this superficial similarity in terms of like, both games are about like assembling clips into some coherent sense of what has happened in the past, 
the way in which you do it in each game is fundamentally different. And so, so let's, yeah, let's, let Nicholas, I'm going to go ahead and break that down as well, since we are kind of on a topic of the first person perspective here, and we'll be moving to that <laughs> in the new year. Yeah. Um, I actually want to talk about what Sam Barlow does really effectively with his studio and these narrative mechanics is that traditionally, when you think of a narrative mechanic, it is going to be a mechanic that drives the narrative forward. Now, yeah. in these games, we could shorthand all of these two mechanics because they're all about driving the narrative forward. Yeah, And I also think that a narrative mechanic could be something as simple as when you pick up a lot of loot and if there's flavor text, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Elden Ring is something that's definitely the, come yeah, up the, the, on the From the Software internet. method of telling yeah, stories. Yeah, the From Software <laughs> method of telling stories, right? But those are still narrative mechanics. They're still about piecing together things and creating them. And I want to call out Her Story versus Immortality here that if you have played Her Story, you, the first person, you yourself, the player are the avatar like you are yes. um, the person clicking through these in a much way that i think last year we talked about a game that also did this very well where you were playing the girl who was in yeah the, uh will die alone and will die alone yeah which also another did this another, another well. amazing game if you guys have not played will die alone yeah will die alone yeah. another amazing game here so i just want to like kind of show you that parallel is that from a game design standpoint recognizing that if they had played a character or if you had played a researcher, like that would have caused too much abstraction between you and the game. Yeah. So the interface of the game needs to be, right, the character. Exactly, so the interface yeah. itself yeah. is a character because you're the person, you are the character. And that's how these games can really get to you because yeah. you're like, the only reason why the story is happening is because I am here. And yeah. like, whew, that's very chilling as a as a narrative designer. So that's just my my practical explanation there, Nicholas. Back to you. No, that, for... that's actually really important because games often don't really do a very good job of like acknowledging your presence. In many ways, games kind of almost use you like a controller, like you are like a conduit for what is going on in your brain, whatever. Happened. But the idea that sort of like a game would recognize what you're doing as you're sitting right there and going through things in fact immortality does this as well like the game in very key junctures addresses you directly it addresses what you're doing directly and so maybe we should talk a little bit about what it is that you you do like what what is the sort of the basic quote-unquote gameplay loop if you will yeah I and i think i think simply yeah, the, the appropriate gameplay loop, right? So when you look at her story, you're a researcher, you're going through these things. Um, yeah. What's interesting, and this is how I would describe it, Nicholas, and feel free to correct me, is that in this, say, um, in this, say, title, when you press start, the game itself is telling you that you're a fan of, uh, what is it, Marissa Marcel? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. of Marissa Marcel's work, or you wanted to be a fan of her yeah. work, but the movies were never released. And you're so interested that you were somehow able to get this computer program or this computer software that allows you to scrub through all of the film so that now you can actually figure out what happened. The issue is yeah. that the database is completely jumbled. You're not sure what to do. And then the software itself, the game tutorial, tells you that, hey, like you're actually given all of the clips. Something gets corrupted when you try to play a clip. Yeah in the software and yeah. now you're going no, no no i'm a fan i it's interesting i'm a fan of the sam barlow method i'm a fan of this person i'm a fan of the software you're actually encouraged like that's like the position that you've been put in and so yeah. what's interesting is i don't really know right marcel i don't or miss Mar marissa i guess yeah. i don't know the characters that i'm really like clicking on but what's interesting is it gets corrupted and suddenly you start to realize like this was the point from the beginning was yeah. that it was going to get corrected. It wasn't a database of the film. It was like 
trying to show you something else. Now, I actually yeah. need to caveat this with I haven't finished the game. Yeah. Um, but I think this key point, and Nicholas has, um, yeah. I think the key point of this, what I'm trying to say here is that if her story, you're a researcher and you're like, hey, this is your mission to do this. And this, it's a weird twist of your self-motivated mission. You're the player who wanted to do this anyway. Yeah. So I would say it's it's more self-motivated than the, you know, your dean of the college assigned you to research this case <laughs> or whatever. True. But so without spoiling her story, you come to discover after the fact that it was motivated. But yeah, when you're when you're playing the game for the first time, you actually don't understand the ways in which it is motivated. But yeah, like, I don't understand yeah. the ways in which it was motivated. But like from yeah. the first two text boxes of tutorial and like reading the newspaper article, yeah. I like immediately knew that I was the one that wanted to investigate it. And maybe yeah. now maybe I feel like I've spoiled it for <laughs> our readers because yeah. I I am a narrative designer. This is what <laughs> I do. I was like, oh, wow, I'm so self-motivated. This is so clever and cheeky, Sam, because you did her story and nobody was motivated. So you're like, <laughs> I got to assign my players a task to like my games. But now that you've already been well-established, I don't need to assign tasks. You're motivated to play them on your own. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I just so, yeah. that's the but writer I, in me coming out. We're going to backpedal. <laughs> <laughs> but, on a, but, on a, but on a basic level, so what you're doing, what is different between her story and immortality is that what you're doing mechanically in immortality is much more like editing. And you actually have to think about the game far more in terms of editing because the primary means by which you make connections between clips is not through the transcript, which is how it works in her story, but through a series of jump cuts. So in other words, you actually have to think about the relationship between the possible relationship between clips in terms of this very basic film editing technique. And also even like the controls themselves are structured like, you know, in old school sort of like film editing machine, even though they're they're a simulation of it. They're they don't work quite the same way. And then there are other aspects, especially, so the game actually makes really interesting use of haptic feedback. Um, you don't have to play it with haptic feedback because the the thing that is signaled by like the, the rumble of the controller is also signaled by certain very subtle sound cues, which is actually how I played it. I played it completely without haptic feedback. I did it entirely through the sound cues. Yeah, I was going to say, I also am playing on PC, but now you're making me think I should go back and rewatch some clips with my haptic feedback. Because I could tell, it was right before I got the achievement, I could tell that the sound was changing and suddenly it was like, wow, you unlocked, spoiler, redacted, we'll leave for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the thing is, so the, the thing that is quirky about the game is more obvious via the haptic feedback. Um, because like, so, okay. Without getting into exactly what happens, because I really kind of want to avoid spoiling it as much as possible, even recognizing that we're probably going to have to at some point. So as you're viewing the clips forward, now this is important, as you're sort of like going through the clips forward at a regular speed, if you're fast forwarding, you won't, this actually won't happen. So if you're watching it at regular speed, as you're watching it forward, periodically, so in, in the form of the haptic feedback, the controller will rumble, or in terms of audio cues, you'll hear this like sort of light in the kind of in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, if at that point you stop and you play it in reverse something will happen. <laughs> um, oh my actually, gosh, I think I got that. Actually, many different somethings will happen, but this is the sort of the primary... So this is what I mean by sort of like the primary like uh, mechanical 
I guess you could say envisioning is based on editing because you have to think about all of these aspects of film, both in terms of like, like how you move forward, how you move back, like all of that stuff is sort of like the mechanical structure of how you interact with the game. Right. So let's break this down into its specific mechanics Nicholas has called out here. And then I can freak out at the end of that. So the first <laughs> step in when you do film editing and you scrub footage to scrub yeah. literally just means to clean, right? Yeah. You're cleaning it. So when you do that is you have forward and reverse, right? Yeah. Pause and play. So that's those are two different actions, right? Yeah. And that's just easy. And then you could say cut. You could actually, in real film editing, you'd edit it. You would cut the film. So yeah. in this case, they've taken that mechanic away, and that's part of the system. All of the film's been cut for you. Well, you have the cut right? mechanic in the form of, you know, the way in which you sort of like click on. Yeah, you have the cut mechanic yeah. when you can click on into things. And that's yeah. what we'll call we'll call it the the Oculus or the eyeball, yeah. right? Is that when you click on that, you hover over key elements in the scene and those elements will actually give you to other people's elements. And it could be characters, but it could also be props. Yeah. And so when I was actually watching Immortality and watching a gameplay streamer, he clicked on people's faces and got to a very naughty scene that <laughs> I was like, you know, I just... I just don't want to start my day with that right now. So I'm just going to click on objects, nice, simple objects, which obviously led to more content warning sex scenes, but at least there was like a little bit more decency there. And I think that's, and at least like it wasn't just like what I had remembered seeing. So I was like, I'll get to that clip eventually, maybe yeah. later in the day, you know, the afternoon, for example, not like 9am, yeah. um, some, some, but I'm, I'm going to call those mechanics. Here's the rub, right? Is that if you're watching this like a film, you're trying to understand and play it like these are videos to be watched, right? Which yeah. is honestly how I would normally play it if I had more time in my day, I think. Like if I was going to relax to this game, which is another question mark. I played it like a game designer because I was like, I'm going to research this for mechanics. All of my narrative design friends have been raving about this. I'm just going to play the editing. And so I didn't really watch any clips. I just edited, like I scrubbed back and forth. I used the UI to go back and look at things. And yeah. because I engaged with the mechanics, when I say that I like got an achievement that only like a quarter of people get apparently in the first 15 minutes of my play experience, it's because all I'm doing is interacting with the mechanics because the narrative of the game is not what immortality is showing you in the film footage. The narrative yeah. of the game is you, the editor, playing the game. And I think that yeah. is just absolutely fantastic. And this is why I only play games for two hours, because apparently <laughs> I get the point of the game. <laughs> and then I... Um, no, but I will be playing this more thoroughly, because I'm actually very interested in that mystery of this achievement that I've gotten that's telling me some sort of crucial plot, I think. Yeah, and definitely the the narrative content is... It's it's wackier than both like her story and telling lies. Like both her story and telling lies have a very sort of like they're I mean, they're fundamentally realism. Like even though there is a bizarre I'm going to call it relationship at the center of her story, it's still fundamentally grounded in things that could have actually happened. Um immortality let's say stretches that <laughs> notion to um, a very large degree. But going back to something that, that you said about sort of like not watch, in other words, you do actually, even though it's based in film, even though we're talking about films, we're talking about clips, we're talking about video. Strangely, if you treat the game like a video, you're going to, you're just not really going to understand how it works or, and probably not really understand what you're supposed to do. But strangely, 
if you treat the watching of these videos like a game, in other words, think about the sorts of things that people do in video games. They try to jump up in places where you're not supposed to jump onto. They try to like collect this thing that's on the other side, like things that in games, the, the, the sort of the way in which you're sort of enticed to do things that, you know, an ordinary human being is not supposed to do. And, you know, more superhero focused games or sort of solve mysteries or to sort of get like find bizarre Easter eggs. Like, that's not really how you watch a movie. At least that's not how most people watch movies. Yeah. And I think this I mean, this is kind of getting into, you know, what we talked about or what we will talk about in our previous episode. But especially when you look at like escapism, right, and dealing with like burnout or industry trends or, you know, you just want to play a title and you look at mass market appeal titles, there is a level of escapism there. And there's a level yeah. of I don't want to be in reality. Even if I'm playing a game set in reality, it's not real, right? I'm not real in that game. Yeah. And there's something really interesting when we talk about something that, let's say, is grounded in a world that could have potentially happened, yeah. right? Versus grounded in a reality in which the certain confines of what we determine as real versus not real, yeah. right? are now in question. Like you can tell that reality isn't real, if that makes sense. And that's kind of part of the simulation. It's part of the design. And yeah. so I think there is something to be said for like, the reason why Nicholas is saying the world affords you the ability to go, hey, I want to jump on top of that building is because video games kind of train you logically to kind of think outside of the box of what yeah. you as a human are physically capable of. Yep. Because games give us the ability to physically and mentally be capable of other things. Like yes. jumping on top of the Pokemon Center so that you can farm walking points <laughs> for one of your Pokemon, um, for example, to get it to evolve. Not specific at all. Um, but that's the, those types of things, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. And so, okay, the other, then I think just, with that in mind, yeah, with that yeah, in mind, yeah, we do this just because I wanted to make sure that the point, uh, listeners, the reason why I'm bringing that up is the point stands that the mechanics of this game, we don't have jumping on top of a poker center. Okay. We don't have jumping, yes. right? We don't have running around, but the mechanics are, if you scrub this, like a film editor, you might get frustrated because this isn't film editing. No. But if you're a video gamer and you're like, look, I'm tired of watching this clip. I know there's something here. I'm just going to reverse it. I'm just going to do crazy things. Oh, I found something new. Oh, I'm going to reverse it and do something weird. And oh, click on the thing that just happened like while I was reversing it. Right. Yeah. Like, yes, like that, that type of stuff. You see, that's kind of what we're talking about here is that mindset that that first person connection that you're feeling here. So Nicholas, now you can, you can give your point. I just want to make sure that point was really yeah, clear yeah. and I don't think yeah. that I had made it as clear. I think the, so this is a, a, a segue because the other really important aspect, I mean, this is true of all of Sam Barlow's games, but I think it is especially true of this one is that the performances within the game are on point. Like, the actor like none of the none of these are known actors i didn't i didn't recognize any of these actors personally maybe i should have but this is a kind of game that even more because you know we we talk a lot about sort of like you know the importance of like voice acting especially like in the triple a space but in this instance like this game would suck if the performances were like stiff and wooden and uninteresting and the the sort of what's kind of odd about it is that the the clips that you put together are clips from three films plus there are clips of like interviews and also like outtake footage and so forth 
and each of the three films like is a whole ass film <laughs> and so like they had to make a whole ass film chop it up into a bits another whole ass film chop it up into bits and then sort of find like interesting sort of ways in which to to integrate them and so that would tax even the like the, the like the most seasoned professional actors because that is a lot of work to do especially for um Oh, what is her name? Like Man Engage. Um. Anyway, the 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 lead actor in the in the game who like literally has to play just so many different types, so many different people that it's like it is a tour de force all in of itself. Just it like is. from a film re- perspective. Yeah, it really is. And I think what's interesting is like, and I've I'm not going to um this is supposition here, but I really got a strong sense that all of these were theater actors. Every way they moved, the how yeah. inf- overemphasized their actions were, their dialogue, and their facial expressions. When you are trained for film acting, you actually want to do more micro expressions. Yeah. You want to slowly kind of like, because the camera is going to be so close to your face, you're going to take so many takes. But a lot of these felt more like film or, or not film, sorry, uh, stage acting, where yeah. no one sees your face. So when you smile evilly, you have to stretch and contort your entire face, which is really eerie because people don't do that. In yeah. other ways, I also thought these actors did a really good job of some micro expressions, yeah. right? Where they could tell after a while that the camera is on their face so so much that instead of being so overgrandized, they were right, like kind of more in. Um, yeah. I just want to point that out because as we move from mechanics and we're now looking at the visual presentation of this, right? The visual is actually what you see first. Like you kind of don't yeah. think about the mechanics because you're taught them in a tutorial and they kind of fade away. But yeah. this visual presentation of these actors, whether they're theater or not, and I also want to give a big shout out to my theater kids and theater acting <laughs> out there because that's something I wanted to do. Uh, and I was a theater actor and you're probably putting on four shows at one time that are full ass length movies. So yeah. Yeah. you know what? If you're a theater actor out there, like you can do this, like go be in video games. Um, but yeah, like it was, it's, it's something that, uh, yeah, it was something I was really impressed by too. Well, yeah. And the, the level of mellow, cause the thing is like, it's, I mean, the game is extremely melodramatic. Like, I mean, it is high melodrama, which can come off as kind of irritating and maudlin if it's done poorly. But in this case, it's interesting because you both get to see the actors in sort of their quote unquote natural state. And then when they're performing or like when it's obvious that they're performing or when it's literally just like a clip from one of the particular films, you see sort of like these levels of naturalness and artificiality. And so to highlight the, the point that Lauren is making like that range. Yeah. I really do think is more typical of theatrical actors than it is of movie actors simply because movie acting generally speaking tends to be of a different kind though not exclusively so since we're we're running (laughs) to to the end of our time here the the last thing that i really want to highlight in this game is the way in which it so, so we had alluded to this before the way in which it sort of like constructs you as you as the player in your relationship to what you're seeing and i mean the sort of the most obvious way in which the game does this is when literally like certain characters seem to address you directly in that in that manner that lauren just stated in this sort of like really sort of like almost over exaggerated manner because the thing is the game is as much about creating a mood and sort of like a feeling as it is about 
like the actual sort of, I guess you could say mystery of it. Like the mystery is important and piecing these things together, but it's also about sort of like making, I would argue making you feel a little queasy about your, what you're doing about and a little uncomfortable. And it's rare that a game can be both like interesting and immersive and uncomfortable <laughs> at the same time. Like that's, that's a rarity. No, I, I think that's the biggest thing that kind of drew me to the the game before. It was interesting because I was thinking about playing it before you had actually played it, but mm-hmm. then life like life happens, right? Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Just... Well, you you had mentioned it, and that's why I played it. I would probably not have played it if you hadn't mentioned it. Oh, yay. But also, like, sorry. Uh, it's very queasy. And it's yeah. not just queasy because of, like, so let's call it explicit content. Like, explicitly. Yeah. No, no, yeah. Yeah, it's not yeah. That. It's it's not that. It's the moments where it actually like dials that down um and you are just being talked to or they're filming themselves talking to yeah, the camera. Let's exactly, say that. Yeah. That's very yeah. vague. Yeah. Um and I think that like it's in those moments where you're like, "Oh, this is talking to a camera." But the camera is looking at you because the camera is you because you're the camera. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, but you're not the camera. The camera is the character, right? But you're yeah. playing this camera and you're playing the person looking at all of this film and in a lot of those moments i that's when i actually start heavy editing because i don't like being addressed um in this weird that's i think the queasiest moment for me and i kind of want to address that because that's really to your point nicholas right highlighting that it's about the perspective that the game puts you in in order to look at these films right films and outtakes and interviews and production processes are even there well and the thing is like I mean, it doesn't necessarily I mean, like sexualized sexual content doesn't necessarily bother me. But if if it bothers certain people, I do actually kind of want to make a case for why it's not just like being explicit for explicit sake. Um, there's actually one clip in which Marissa is being sort of interviewed about one of the films that she's working on. And she talks about the way in which film creates what she considers to be a physical connection between the actor and the spectator. And this is the way she describes it. She says, you know, when I'm performing, the camera is capturing light, if you know, a, a material thing that bounces off of my body and recording it as an image. That image then when projected is itself projected light. And that light that sort of originated as, you know, bouncing off of me is now being like reflected back onto you as you sit in, in the theater. Now, why do I bring this up? It's because when you see these extremely intimate, like sexual moments between characters, the way in which the game hypothesizes the relationship, you're, it's not assuming that you are just sort of like, it's not just a peep show. The idea is that you are expected to have an intimate, perhaps even uncomfortable connection to these things that are happening. In other words, the game I'm going to say this in a really cute way, so I apologize. The game isn't just fucking with you. The game is fucking you in a certain sense. But again, I I said, yeah, like I said, it's a little too cute. Yeah, (laughs) and the reason why, so to come at it from an angle of like, I don't actually like viewing a sexually explicit content for the reason Nicholas actually highlighted, which is that it's a peep show. Like, I don't need to see that. Like, I can go to Seattle and go to their giant, I don't know, girls warehouse or whatever that building was <laughs> that was right next to the Amazon headquarters. 
Um, that's like one of my favorite moments of a, (laughs) a, no, cause I, yeah, it was great. I didn't actually go in by the way. It just all happened outside. It was perfect. Uh, for another after dark for Dashi episode, (laughs) reeling that back in. Um, no, I don't like it because I don't like things that don't progress the narrative or don't try to create a connection with their audience. And I think I actually haven't seen the clip that Nicholas mentioned, but that doesn't actually spoil the game for me because there are so many clips to kind of scrub through that. And only seeing one clip isn't enough to really understand the full story. Um, so I think what's interesting for me is that when I saw the sexually explicit content, it was more for me less about the fact that it was happening. I was like, oh, this is a really interesting direct call to the relationship and her face when she was answering an interview question yeah. about basically this point. And what she was saying was trying to say like, this is how this person feels about like filming nudity. Yeah, And that person now hearing this clip, I'm now making the connection myself that, oh, that was actually completely opposite of why she was saying it was okay. And because they both wanted to do say the same thing, but for two totally different reasons, obviously those reasons are going to clash sometime later in this game that I have yet to discover. But I already kind of can see that those rationales are clashing. And that is the purpose of seeing it. Additionally, what I would say that this game could have done a better job of like if we can, we'll move into that before we go into our uh, five minute fast and furious, like spoiler <laughs> alert area. Um, yeah. To kind of wrap this in is what I wish this game could have done better for me is being more explicit with the content warnings in the tutorial itself yeah. and highlighting the fast forward or the reversed feature to be like there is sexually explicit content. Um either having like because that could be triggering for some people especially and i think some of the contexts that this game is bringing up and i think that it could have been nice to be like hey re-emphasizing there's there are content warnings if a piece of film has like just assume the entire game is a content warning you are acknowledging that and then this film has a fast forward button if you have content (laughs) that could potentially be triggering use my mechanics please just yeah. fast forward because I had that ability and I went, okay, I'll fast forward. Done. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, I don't have to see it because when you're scrubbing the film and it's going so fast, like you don't see anything. Yeah. And I was like, great. The scene that I, yeah, it's like you skip yeah, it on YouTube. Yeah. Sex scenes sped up generally just look kind of funny. <laughs> they just, yeah, they just look, no, they look funny and you don't yeah. even know, like you really don't know what's happening. You're like, what's going yeah. on? There's a lot of movement or there's no movement, which then in that case, like is all just a blur because I'm not yeah. trying, I don't think that the game should have edited the content like put in black boxes like i don't think that would have actually created the mood but what i do think it could have done a better job mechanically and from a tutorial standpoint is at the very beginning going in the tutorial itself like oh by the way like maybe it would have kind of broken the fourth wall and i get that a little bit but going well it's already breaking the fourth wall why would that be a problem exactly it's already (laughs) breaking the fourth wall why would it be a problem i don't know i don't know but i just think that's what it could have done better for me or like or even address the discomfort directly like if you are if your game is already addressing your player directly in some form and it's designed in a way to like make them queasy or uncomfortable you literally can just directly address it. Like you, you don't actually have to try and like do the artsy fartsy thing where it's like, Oh, but that's the purpose of the game that you're supposed to discover. It's like, no, you're, it's already arch. Like just be more arch. It's, yeah. It's just be fine. more arch. And I think that just be more arch, you know, from <laughs> Lauren Ash, that's what I would have preferred for your game. If you're already going, go all the way. Um, Without being sexually explicit, though, if you're willing, like, that's great. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I think I think that's what it was for me because immortality was such a fantastically 
interesting experience, even though I haven't finished it or is continuing to be an interesting experience for me to recognize that like taking something as simple as video editing as a mechanic, putting it to live actors with that type of visual presentation who had to probably go through the gambit and do multiple takes yeah. of a scene with the multiple takes, right? That that some of these scenes have and act them like poorly and then better and then the best. Like that in of itself is a thing to then going into, yeah, going into the whole mood, the tone and the direct addressing this. Like I think it just builds and builds upon itself in a way that when you look at diegetic narrative in games or narrative in games that is coming through the world and not explicitly told to you, Right. I think it's a title that has done something really interesting and pushed the industry a little bit further into looking at the way games can tell stories versus just right telling that story or showing that story to the player. Nicholas, what are your final thoughts? I think my final thoughts are, well, I, I agree a little bit. Well, I, I sort of agree and disagree, but I do agree in the sense that one of the things that the the game does is it it makes a connection between sex and violence that i think you have to be very 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 delicate with i think the game tries to treat that delicately but the thing is there are some genuinely like messed up characters doing messed up things and if it's going to depict them i don't know it kind of has to depict the mess i mean there's no like explicit like rape scenes or anything like that Hey, future Nicholas here to explain this point a little bit. Um, what I meant by there's no explicit rape scene, there is a simulated uh, rape scene in one of the like rehearsal clips in the game, but there is no it's not like the, the sort of Game of Thrones thing where it's just like, hey, let's put in a rape scene because realism or something. Okay, back to the episode. There is one scene in particular that I'm not going to spoil that I can think of where the uh, I don't know like it has a it has a creepy creepy way of dealing with bodies um, that maybe is intended but at the same time it's like it can be intended but still not necessarily work and so I actually I think I, I think we should leave it we leave it there because we managed to really avoid spoiling the game and. Yeah, and I, I, no, that's a good final thought because I think both of yeah. us agree that it could have, while it was a credibly fantastic title, or and is for some of us that have yet to, or will be for those who haven't played it. Yeah, um, it still could have done a much better job of some of like the harder issues that the topics are bringing up, and especially using real people. Yes, right. I think that's what makes it even more uh, overarching, right? As a as a quiz factor, and it could have handled those things better. Mm-hmm.